in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective each and every time. I'm your host, Brooke Says. I'm here with Colonel Jim. Um, make sure you connect on Facebook, Twitter. You want to email me, go to the website, brooktalksamerica.com, where you can read all of my articles, including this week's article, which wasn't up last week. It's Biden voters, buyers, remorse sets in. Make sure you send it to all your liberal friends who are now crying about higher gas, bombing in Syria, and all of the other madness that I can't say on the radio. Uh, make sure you check it out. From Hot Topics to History, you know the deal. If it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. You can listen to hot archive podcasts of this show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is also on every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., both on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer. The podcast is available on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Also, I have an app which you can find on the Play Store. So let's get to the jelly. My guest today is Sharon Calvert. She is a grassroots leader who co-founded the Tampa Tea Party and No Tax for Tracks political committee established to oppose wasteful transit sales tax hikes. She's the co-founder and local blogger for iontampabay.com. She has been the secretary of the Hillsborough County GOP and member of several advisory boards to make sure that our elected officials are representing you, the taxpaying citizens who vote for them correctly. We have a lot to get in on, um, get get to, so I want to welcome Sharon to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Brooke. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, again, Sharon Calvert is a conservative and transportation warrior. When I first moved to Hillsborough County, uh, I got involved in the local Tea Party group. She was right there from the very beginning. It's about seven years ago now, talking about transportation. And I have to say, so it was like hours and hours these meetings would talk about transportation. I used to think to myself, oh, my God, this is so boring. But think about this. First of all, we have, thank God we have conservatives who are paying attention to this stuff. Because keep in mind, any policy that passes equals taxes for you and I. But the other thing is that we all drive on the roads. So it's very important that we know about what's going on. So, Sharon, this week, which is why I wanted to have you on, the Florida Supreme Court just struck down the tax for tracks law. Talk about that. Um, that's exactly right. Um, actually, it's been, it seems like it's been almost forever since that tax was passed in 2018. Um, but it was the all for transportation tax was thrown out in its entirety as unconstitutional, illegal, and unlawful. And it's really shameful that Hillsborough County uh, residents uh, were subject to, you know, what I would say was a tight tax hike scam that was put on the ballot in 2018. And it was put on the ballot by special interest. It was done as a citizen initiative, um, and they spent the special interest spent four million dollars to market it uh, as a road as a road tax to fix your roads. When it really was a thirty-year, sixteen billion-dollar tax on rail systems in the city of Tampa. Yeah, and who was that for? 
That Who's was the main beneficiary the, of that, really? The main beneficiary of this was the city of Tampa and the downtown developers. And uh, the, we just have to say that uh, Jeff Vinnick was yeah. the largest donor to the effort, and it would never have gotten on the ballot without his backing, but he would have benefited hugely from the wealth transfer from unincorporated Hillsboro to the city of Tampa. Exactly, and that's the issue. The The other issue is that they did it for, it was the initial um, plan was 30 years, right? So I want to get into that a little bit about the, the technology changes that happens that happened. But then they said, okay, since there was a little bit of an outcry about that, okay, we'll go to 20 years. A lot of things can happen in the meantime in 20 years with technology that we're going to get into. But the other thing is that there's $500 million that they have collected in taxes so far. And and people need to consider Hillsborough County was the was before this was struck down the highest taxed county in the state. Like, what are we getting for all that money? Anyways, right? And by the way, you cannot tax this. So they, they increase the tax, a penny for tax, for tracks, and a half a cent for education. Here's the thing. You cannot pull half a cent tax. So we were really taxed at 9%, even though it was, it was technically 8.5%, right? But there's $500 million that breaks down to about $900 per person. Does the strike down mean that they will have to refund that money? Well, there is another class action lawsuit that's been pending waiting the result of the final ruling. I believe the class action will probably drive that remedy. Um, but as you saw, the Hillsborough County Commission did vote last week to refund the money to their constituents. And the residents of Hillsborough County deserve to get the money back. Yeah. It's unlawfully taken from them. And uh, to me, just like any other class action, uh, they should get the money back as well as, you know, they were really victims and, and, and should be rewarded the damages as a result of such a uh, egregious um, tax hike that they were subject to. So that's what we hope. But there's several ways that that the remedy could be. Perhaps it's a tax holiday that reduces the tax by the same amount, um, you know, and it's refunded in a way lower tax rate for a certain period of time. But I hope that um, the remedy is somehow to actually get that money back into the pocket. Direct payment. Direct payment to the residents, because today we're still struggling with a pandemic. We know that uh, the economic impact of that has been uh, hurtful to many people in the county. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's going to be that's going to be, I guess, the next thing to watch for. Um, But with that in the in the back pocket, uh, really, all for transportation has already launched their campaign for AFT 2.0 for 2022. Of course, they never stop. It's unbelievable. And and another person is Shirley Wood, who has been going to, since I got here, she has been going and giving them hell at those meetings ever since. It's like they have been fighting, you know, you guys have been fighting this forever and they just don't stop. And they, they marketed it with all of this slick advertising. What did they talk about the most? They talked about roads. And the people that would pay for probably never use it, particularly where I live, which is East Tampa, you know, never probably use the train and we're going to have to pay the bulk of it so the people in downtown can benefit from it. And that's really unacceptable. So people need to be 
paying attention. But, you know, as we talked offline, you made some great points that really no one's talking about, or at least I haven't heard, with regard to the transportation in general, and also in the age of the pandemic, which is, of course, what we talk we say it on this show, it's planned, um, is how in the age of Lyft and, and, you know, and Uber and pandemic, that traditional transit is passe. What do you mean by that? That's exactly right. I mean, a paradigm has occurred and, is, and there's shifts going on with regards to transportation. Um, the pandemic, with the pandemic, more people are telecommuting. That's mm-hmm. changing traffic patterns and there's no reason for them to need transit at all. Um, but the other thing is new technology. I mean, trains, crossway rail systems are really becoming outdated and almost irrelevant because today people want point-to-point service. It's an on-demand society, and they want to go where they want to go, when they want to go. So with new technology as well as the pandemic, uh, with people preferring to be in their what I call their personal protection vehicle <laughs> rather than in a germ-spreading uh, bus or train, um, and with their masks on by themselves, too, which is very crazy. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have a population here that is older and yeah. the choice rider for transit has totally disappeared. Transit was declining anyway prior to the pandemic. But the pandemic really put the nail in the coffin. Right. So with technology, innovation and and the pandemic and the paradigm shifts, we really need to step back and 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 reconsider uh, you know, do we really want to spend a lot of money that would put you stuck for 30 years mm-hmm. paying for something that few will ever use? Right. And it's also is one of the arguments that's made, right, is that we need to have transportation for the poor, which is always when they say transportation, for some reason, leftists are ob- obsessed with trains. Right. I don't know. You know, it doesn't work everywhere. I mean, it, it does work in New York City, but it doesn't work everywhere. In Florida, I mean, I was you know, I, I have a friend who's a liberal and she, you know, she kind of buys into all she buys hook, line, and sinker into all the stuff about the pandemic and everything like that. And she lives in um, downtown Miami. But even she's like, oh, if you if you're going locally in the in the, you know, by foot traffic, that's one thing you could take the train. They have a mover down there. But in most places, like in Miami, for instance, you cannot take a train. I mean, they don't have a train, but like you have to have a car. So the, the point is, is that people want to have cars. But even if people don't have cars, they say, well, we need, you know, a train for the poor and the needy. Why is this a fallacious argument and how do we better accommodate them? Well, that's not, that's not true. And what we're actually seeing with some of the transit agencies, and I see it certainly in Pinellas, is the services they are providing is basically a, a rideshare. So they are providing those types of services that people want point to point. Right. Um, while their bus, while their buses are are running, you know, empty. And and as far as um, the left supporting the the trains. There's an interesting, you know, alliance. It's progressives with uh, land developers because the land developers get subsidized to develop around the train stations. And so it is a interesting alliance there. But in the Tampa Bay area, we just have to I just have to point this out. The special interests in the land developers and the cronies are zero for four on transit tax hikes in Tampa Bay. Twenty ten. Lost in Hillsborough. 2014 Greenlight Pinellas, lost in Pinellas. 2016, 
never got on the ballot due to the scandal of Ghost Hillsborough. And 2018 was egregious, unlawful tax hike put on the ballot. So we really do need to step back, and we really need to look at a plan that is fair, that is equitable, that is realistic. Look at something that's, you know, five to ten years down the road. Take advantage of the innovation and the technology. And don't tie the hands of taxpayers for decades. Especially ones who are probably not going to use it in any significant way. And that leads us into your initiative, Roads First. Talk about that. Well, yes. I mean, even buses, you know, buses aren't going to go away, at least right now. But our roads is the broadest used asset in the county. And, you know, even the new technologies that are coming out are using roads. Right. So we have to fix our roads. And Hillsborough County is a growing county. You cannot ignore the roads. You have to maintain your existing roads, and you need to add capacity. For example, in Hillsborough County, they have not planned. And with that tax, the $16 billion tax, they had no money to even improve road capacity around the schools, the new schools that are planned in the county. Yeah, like down by Boyette. Yeah. Yes, it's to, it's like fish hawk all over again, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's really, really ridiculous. So we have to fix our roads first, and we need to, again, take that step back, look at our needs versus our wants, because trains are a want. They are certainly not a need, but roads are a need. I mean, roads are used by our trucking industry, you know, for shipping. It's used by our tourists, and it's used by people, you know, Floridians driving through and our residents within the county and the surrounding counties. So roads are a must, and that's where we start. We have to start. We have to start with fixing our roads first. Well, and one of the things you mentioned in our conversation is that a lot of these things, they always say, well, we need it locally, but those are covered by FDOT and state, you know, state monies as as well anyways. So we don't need it locally. Like, that was one of the things that Stacy White talked about. We need to keep this money locally and let them take care of those roads. Well, there is, and, and a lot of people don't understand. I mean, you've got the, the your federal... Uh, gas tax dollars interstate. You've got your state, you know, there's a gas tax at the federal, state, and local level. There's state roads, there's interstate and U.S. roads, and there's local roads. And a lot of times, even our elected officials will obfuscate and say, oh my goodness, we have a need of, you know, $20 billion. Right. I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, but in the end, that's really not true from a local perspective because we have the states that are putting in their part. And we have the feds that are putting in their part. And by the way, they're taxes you already pay. Right. So when you're paying to watch the interstate improvements, that's money that you're already paying. It's nothing new. So when you look at the local, when, when the elected officials throw the big number out, part of that's already being paid. But right. they tell the ta- they, they're telling the taxpayer, oh, you need this big amount of money to cover things that are already being paid for. So it's really, really important that you pay attention and you ask questions. And just like, you know, we talked about offline, the pandemic has really opened people's eyes to the, your local officials and how much power mm-hmm. they actually have over your daily life because everybody uses the roads every day. Yeah. And like uh, like Comrade Cortez, uh, Comrade uh, Castor in downtown Tampa uh, with the masks, she won't relent on that. But anyways, that's my little gripe. So we have about a minute left. Very quickly, what are some action items that you uh, want to let people know? Is there a website? yet? We do have a website that's fixourroadsfirst.com. Okay. Uh, so you can check that out, and you can always check on iontampabay.com because I blog about transportation quite a bit. Yes, you do. And try to try to keep uh, the people in the Tampa Bay area up to speed because the problem is really not just Hillsborough County. <laughs> right. Um, but what they need to do going forward is 
The county commission in Hillsborough has already asked for staff to come back to launch AFT 2.0 <laughs> transit tax hike for 2022. There's going to be meetings set up. Please, you know, watch my blog. I'll put the dates out there. But you need to stay in touch with your county commissioners. Get a relationship with them. Tell them how you feel. The one thing that, the, that elected officials are most scared of is you. Yes. So when you show up and uh, voice your opinions, believe me, it only takes a handful of people and they're shaking in their boots. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. Absolutely. And we need good, solid conservatives to run for all positions. And local government was, is where you have the most impact. Thanks again for coming on. You're awesome. We will be back and have you back with updates on this issue. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we'll be right back. America coming up. America with Brooke Says. Connect by email. Info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. And with our next guest, we're traveling across the pond. Zuby is an independent and conservative or libertarian rapper, which we'll talk about, podcast host, author, public speaker, and creative entrepreneur with over 600,000 followers online. He was born in England, raised in Saudi Arabia. His parents are from Nigeria, and he is a graduate of Oxford University. He has sold over 25,000 albums independently, which is an awesome feat, performed in eight countries, and achieved over 10 million online video views. He has featured, he has been uh, featured on the Joe Rogan Experience, BBC. Fox News, The Adam Carolla Show, The Candace Owens Show, and many more. And he is a nice guy who puts uplifting content out there even as he's tweaking the snowflakes. He doesn't cuss. Uh, he has great Twitter game, and we're very glad to have him with us on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Brooke. How's it going? I appreciate that introduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was watching your Candace Owens interview, and I was and I heard that you say you don't cuss. I'm like, this is the nicest guy. Um, I, cu- <laughs> I cuss for you, though, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let us go to where it all started. This is how I actually heard. I don't actually listen to rap. Sorry. I listen to your rap now, and it's very good stuff. But um, I happen to find out about you because, obviously, this blew up the Internet completely. So talk about the tweet, all this incessant talk about transgender, or as I call it, tranny, unapologetically I say this, discussion everywhere. Talk about the tweet that you put out and why uh, that went viral and why it went viral. Okay, sure. I mean, this is now going back, um, you know, just a few days ago, we passed the two-year anniversary of this tweet. Yes. I think it was the 26th of February, 2019, when I posted this. So it was a nine-second video of me doing a 230-kilogram deadlift, which I think is 500 and something pounds. Yes. And um, I commented on it, something along the lines of, I keep hearing about how biological men have no strength advantage over women in 2019. So watch me destroy the British women's deadlift record without trying. 
GPS, I identified as a woman while lifting the weight. Don't be a bigot. <laughs> so I just posted that there. Um, I had 18,000 followers on Twitter at the time. And I just posted that thinking this will get a couple of laughs and a few likes because I think it's funny, so other people will think it's funny. Lo and behold, it ended up becoming a an international viral yes. sensation. Um, the video now, just on Twitter, has over three and a half million views and I think around 15 million impressions, millions of views on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the thing just went crazy. Mm-hmm. It got picked up by the media here in the UK, it got picked up by US media, online, print, everything. It just it just went nuts. It went bananas. I mean, of all the work I've put in over the past decade plus with my music and everything else, it was so strange for that to be the piece of content that put me on so many people's radar. And then, um, yeah, you know, that led to a, pe- a lot of people discovering me, and I was able to parlay that into a lot of other opportunities, um, both in the UK and internationally. So it was really a big uh, catalyst for people getting to know me. <laughs> well, and the thing, the th- there are a couple is- issues with that. One is that you were saying something that is like absolutely verboten, but you were also saying something that's true, okay? And it's uh-huh. like, you're not allowed to say things that are true, and you're not allowed to say things that leftists agree w- disagree with, because for some mm-hmm. reason or another, the the, you know, there's like this psychosis about transgenders. You can't say anything, even questioning it, right? So like men can't have babies. That's a fact. And the, the, the so-called party of science is like that makes their heads explode. How can that be? You know? Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing that's happened over the past decade or so. Um, it goes beyond the trans issue. Of I mean, course. that's one of the big ones. I don't know why that seems to. Actually, no, I do actually have a theory about why that is the mantle that they've taken up. Um, but yeah, it goes across a lot of different issues. I think that at the core of it is that number one, I think in a lot of Westerns, in, in Western societies, particularly in the Anglosphere, I think people have just grown very, very comfortable and so both true. physically and mentally, right? And I think that when people don't have their own problems and real struggles, they create them. I think I, another big factor is that all throughout history, I mean, look at any time period in the USA or certainly on a global level, there were always genuine social justice or civil rights fights to mm-hmm. be fighting. Right. There was a group in society in the U.S., whether that was black people at one point or it was um, it was women or it was even even gay people mm-hmm. a few decades ago, et cetera. Right. Where there was you no know, very specific laws, rules and societal attitudes strongly discriminating against certain groups of people. And actually, in, in for the past 10 years, that hasn't really been the case. I mean, I don't think it's accidental that all of this madness started after the legalization of same-sex marriage, mm. right? I think that was yes. the last Yes, that, was the last that is thing. so true. Such a good yeah, point. People don't, yeah, people don't draw this link. I think that was the last law on the books mm-hmm. that, you know, regardless of someone's personal stance on that, I think that was the last law on the books which someone could sort of make a strong case like, okay, that's discriminatory against a group of people. But after that, you know, I think all of these activist-minded people, a lot of the people on the left side of the aisle, who have been fighting all these battles or feeling like they are, mm-hmm. they, they wanted to find a new thing. So I think that's part of why they jumped so hard on the transgender thing, despite it being such a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the population. I don't think most people even know anyone who is trans. Um, so that's part of it. And then, of course, all the indoctrination that's happened mm-hmm. through the universities, um, infecting everything else that goes way back to the Frankfurt School if people really want to find the uh, mm-hmm. root causes of some of these things, postmodernism, critical race theory, identity politics, 
philosophy. Marxism, cultural Marxism. Marxism, yes. Yep, gender theory, it all goes back several decades, so it's all coming to a head right now. So um, I think that's why it's such a hot topic over the last few years. I mean, I do, just because I know so many people and I'm in the world of music, I know more, I know far more trans people than the average person actually does. And I'm connected to way more online, et cetera. And from what I gather, most of them just want to be left alone. Like they're not, they're not on board with all this stuff. (laughs) Like they, they just want to be left alone and not be bothered and whatever. And I think that a lot of these activists are actually doing same with More gay on. people. I think the normal, yeah. the average gay person is just like, I just want to have rights and everything, you know. And again, yeah. whether you, you know, whether you, my feeling is that I, I don't agree with gay marriage personally. I think you should have mm-hmm. all kind of legal rights and everything like that. But it's like sure. the activist ones are taking over and including. I don't know how mm-hmm. the normal gay person says, "Oh, I think I want to be affiliated with twerking um, trannies in the library." No, no, they're they're, they're not. I mean, you know? like, to me, there's a big different. To me, there's a big differentiator between. Um, a gay person or a trans person and what I will call the LGBT movement or lobby. Like yeah. these, are, these are different things. Just like BLM does not represent black people as a right. whole. Right. Feminism, especially in its modern day incarnation, does not represent women as a whole. In fact, most, most women nope. do not support or consider themselves feminists, right? Nope. And that's not because they hate women or they don't believe in equality. It's because the movement is not what it claims to be. So I think that's what's been going on. So there's a lot of a big problem we have right now in our society is people claiming to speak on behalf of other people when they haven't been elected to do so and when they don't actually represent people to do so. I mean, I cannot speak on behalf of all men. I can't speak on behalf of all black people, mm-hmm. all British people, all Nigerian people, you know, any category I fall into. I can only speak for myself and, you know, perhaps for people who agree with me ideologically on a particular topic. But really, you know, if I'm giving my views, I'm just speaking for Zuby. I'm not here speaking for the so-called black community or the British nation or men in general or anything like that. I think it's actually very audacious and arrogant <laughs> when people claim they're sort of speaking on behalf of all these people. It's like, well, who elected you, you know? Yeah. Well, my, you know, my opinion on the tranny thing is that it's not only, I, I think it's a mental disorder, right? And on par with anorexia, I think it's a body and mental dysmorphic disorder. Okay. My mother was uh-huh. anorexic. She was like a, we called her the, you know, like a an Ethiopian poster child. I don't know that's me, but it's like we make a joke. Like she's a skeleton, right? And she she saw she was fat, but no normal person would look at her and say that she's fat. Okay, so sure. a, a man cannot be a woman. A man cannot have babies. But I really believe that the other thing is that. It's if they can control. So you mentioned before, it's an infinitesimally small part of the population that has Uh that identifies in this way. And that was before the indoctrination, because now, you know, this is a whole nother conversation. But there's a lot of money. And that's another thing. People need to follow Uh the money. There's a lot of money behind this. Okay, drugs. Right. Big pharma is involved with this. But it's also is that they if they can control speech on that small population, they can control Mm -hmm. speech on the entire population, right? And that gets into the cancel culture issue because they're canceling everybody for everything, but they specifically cancel you on anything. I call it the, you know, the T-mafia, the trans mafia, and also the Mm G-mafia, which is the gay mafia. You know, they're controlling speech on everything, and in particular on this issue. I mean, how does Mr. Potato Head, does that affect anybody's life? Mr. Potato Head? No, 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 no. no it's so stupid. Cares, you know? 
You know, on a, on a bigger level, taking it up one level, I do think a lot of this stuff is to keep people distracted Correct. from genuine problems, right? I think, uh, you know, every moment we're spending arguing about, uh, you know, gender-neutral Mr. Potato Head or taking Aunt Jemima off the pancake syrup bottle or, you know, all, lots, of, lots of this nonsense. Um, I think actually, it, you know, people can only be outraged by so much. Yeah. And I think that there's so much going on in the world and even within our own nations that genuinely people should be across the aisle. People should be outraged about. Um, and I think actually, you know, the powers that be, especially in the media, I think that they put a lot of this nonsense out there just to sort of keep us all distracted. And it works extremely well, right? Mm -hmm. Because every time people are arguing about Mr. Potato Head and Dr. <laughs> Seuss, you know, they're not they're not talking about. Um, you know, human trafficking or yeah. violence in communities or... Or the transfer um, of extraordinarily, extraordinary wealth from us to yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, it keeps people distracted and then, um, you know, all the other stuff can continue to go on. So I think there's sort of a whole other layer about it that's... <coughs> excuse me. That's um, a little bit a little bit sinister there, but that's you know that's my own that's my own thinking. I don't know. No, that that is right. Tucker Carlson actually had a segment. He said that with regard to the the media always throwing the racism into the mix, uh -huh. it happened directly after the market crash in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and all of a sudden yeah. it started to spike, and that was after Occupy Wall Street. So there's no uh -huh. you know, and and that kind of stuff is happening now. Obviously with the lockdowns, which we're going to get into in a, in a second, for a little bit, but. Uh, one of the things that this this the tranny thing is actually it's anti-gay because I really think part of it is like they just don't want their kids to be gay. So they say, OK, well, you're just misgendered. Uh -huh. You're not gay. The other thing is that it's anti-woman. Right. There's a there's a there's a you know, you've talked about it with sports. Um, there's a, a transgender boxer who fractured the skull of the opponent who received seven staples in her head and also suffered a concussion. I'm a woman. I would never want to compete against someone. I mean, I, I play tennis. All the guys that I, and I'm very good, I hit very hard. All the guys that are my, you know, my level hit much harder and are much stronger than me just because they're men. I, you know, play tennis with men. But I mean, would you want your daughter to be boxing against a male? That's crazy. No, of course not. I mean, I'll be honest. I think that women, female athletes should refuse to compete against them. Well, they'll I be don't called bigots. I don't know. It, who cares? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, we need more, we need more courage in this world. Yes. You know, the epidemic is cowardice, right? Because yes. if people stand up, right, if there's 12 women who are competing in an event and there's one, you know, so-called trans woman or a man identifying as a woman who wants to compete and probably dominate them, then those 12 athletes should just say, you know, we're not, we're not doing this. Right. We're not doing this. And that would end it quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff that's going on in society right now, it's only an, it's only possible because of cowardice. Mm -hmm. um, I say all the time that cancel culture only works because of cowardice. Right. If people actually stood up for themselves and stood up for other people and if companies actually had some proverbial balls, <laughs> then cancel culture would not work. Right. It only works when people are cowards. Right. right. If everyone comes for some, oh, this person said this thing. It's like, look, if that person stands up for themselves and doesn't do some groveling public apology and their colleagues and the company they work for, et cetera, stands up for them, assuming they haven't actually done anything like super egregious, then it doesn't work. You know, just say, just say no. Right. Just say no. Oh, you know, a couple people on Twitter with hiding behind random avatars shouldn't be able to get someone fired from their job or from their position just by kicking up a fuss, right? Just tell them to buzz off. Like, these people are cowards. That's why they're hunting these packs. 
Um, so people shouldn't act cowardly in the face of cowards, right? Yeah. But that's what's happening, um, and it's, it's quite disheartening. No, you are so right, and that that is something that I've been talking about for a while, and, and I want to digress on that issue. Is like, you're, you're right. I should never have even said, well, they'll call you a bigot, because who cares? I mean, they're going to call you a bigot yeah. anyways. You're you're yeah. black, and you're a black supremacist because you don't agree with the left. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you know, so insane, like it's not even, right? Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you're a black, white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those well-known things that have always existed. Eh? Well, math is now racist, so the math doesn't adjust, and therefore, you know, it's crazy. But I do want to talk with you, um, you know, an, another issue that you take on. And this is really we we have it bad here, but we have states. So like the individual states that are conservative are much more open. Free, you know, they love freedom. I mean, this is something yeah. that conservatives need to be started to be really pushing the issue of freedom. But uh-huh. you are getting the, the lockdowns over there are just absolutely crushing <laughs> British people, you know, and yeah. you're talking about that. You know, yep, a lot, a lot. Well, one of the things I just want to say because, like, we, we, like I said, we call it the pandemic here, and call out the fraud. And in America, we have Fauci, who I say should be tried for pre, for treason. Okay, but because he never, you know, he changes his mind every five seconds. But in the UK, you had Neil Ferguson who wrote mm-hmm. the lockdown plan under the premise that 2.4 million people would die. Both he and Fauci are the people that real and Tedros in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the who are the people single handedly who who had the plans globally. Right, this guy left if his plan was so important and he really believed it why did he end up leaving to go have sex with a married woman that he was having an affair with if he really believed that yeah well they don't they don't believe it exactly right this is the biggest scam certainly of my lifetime i don't want to say in human history because i don't know how far back yeah but you know this what has been done to people over the past year is criminal mm-hmm. you know and people i've got all my american friends and fans like yo zuby come out to the usa i'm like bro it is illegal to leave the country right it's, that doesn't mean yeah. like you know i'm not, I'm not going to get away out but it's literally illegal to leave the uk like from month from this monday yeah you need express government permission they've just brought they're bringing this in on monday the 8th you need express government permission with a supposed valid valid excuse they call it to leave the country even after the lockdown ends so yeah. this is like east germany situation this isn't just okay the uk is restricted this is the uk is restricted and if you have a problem with it you can't even leave like you can't even you can't even go and fortunately thank god like i'm a man of means and i know hundreds i know people everywhere um and you know i don't have any dependents or whatever so i'm a lot more flexible with what i do i'm very i'm totally location independent i can work from anywhere yeah um but there are millions and millions and millions of people who have just been totally crushed by this whole thing in many different ways, you know, mentally, physically, financially, socially, families, like more young people. Um, Suicides, I'm, drugs. Yeah, more people. Have, you know, do you know, do you know the leading, do you know the leading cause of death over the past 10 years in the UK for people under 40? What? Suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Fact, right? And that's been the case for the past decade. So imagine over the past year, the numbers haven't come out yet, but I can virtually guarantee I've placed a lot of money to wager that more young people um, have died and will continue to die um, by suicide than from COVID. Well, um, not, on, I, yeah. not only ahead, that, but the, the, the amount of um, s- girls in sex trafficking in France under the age of 15 
is up 600%. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that, well, I mean, I wish we had more time because we could totally oh, what, what? talk for oh, an hour. Okay. Yeah. But, um, no, these are, these are like all of the things that are happening. The, the porn is up. The sex trafficking is up in spite of the mm-hmm. fact, you know, the, the sexual abuse, the child abuse, the child murders. Oh. It's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. It is criminal. I think that these, pe- these three people in particular ought to be tried before The Hague. Seriously, Fauci, Ferguson, and Tedros need to be brought before the Hague. It's not going to happen. I do hope that you get to the U.S. You would be a tremendous asset. I'm very (laughs) grateful that you came on the show today. And um, where can people find you? Sure thing. Um, So if you'd like to check out my book, Strong Advice, any of my music or my merchandise, the best place to go to is teamzuby.com. That's teamzuby.com. And if you want to find me on social media, I'm at Zuby Music on everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of them at Zuby Music. Excellent. Well, listen, keep speaking out. You're awesome. You have great Twitter game. And if you ever come to Tampa, I hope you'll get in touch. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. Take care. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. If it is wrong for a person born a man to break a woman's skull, why is a male who chooses to call himself female now celebrated for cracking a woman's noggin? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, recently, male mixed martial arts fighter Fallon Fox, who now calls himself a woman, was allowed to fight a born female opponent. The transgender Fallon Fox literally cracked his female opponent's skull after physically dominating her from the start of the match. This gross idea of allowing those born male who don't fare well competing against other males to compete against those born female is, in my opinion, another form of abusing females. I know many America I am woman hear me roar types will tell you they can do anything a man can do or even better. But the laws of physicality reveals the truth regarding such matters. There is an old saying, beware of what you ask for because you might just get it. In the fight to prove to the world that women are equal to men, women didn't realize they already were equal but just different. So now, in this age of warped equality, a man can crack a woman's skull with no consequences. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. More Brook Talks America coming up. Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. If you'd like to donate to the show or be a sponsor, let me know. Um, there is a button on the site. I'm here with co-host Jer- Colonel Jim Warshuk, Dep- former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, and currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. 
This show is brought to you by 656 Electric, serving Tampa and the surrounding areas. No job too big, no job too small. Veteran-owned, you get $20 off per hour rate with the code BTA20. Give them a call at 863-969-7790. Tell them Brooke called you, told you. And that was an excellent Ron Edwards notebook. I didn't even know he was making that, but it worked in perfectly for the show. So, Jim, we just found out, unfortunately... Uh, just devastatingly that the House did pass the uh, the Senate actually passed H.R. 1. Talk about that. Okay. H.R. 1 was passed on Wednesday of this week, which is the, the for the pe- for the House, the for the people act. And of course, <laughs> I immediately jumped on it because nobody else is really paying too much attention to it. It's for the Communist Act, because this this law is devastating what it will do to this country. It will rearrange the way we hold elections, and it also is a direct attack on uh, free speech and federalism. So it really does two, three things. It takes away your right to vote or pretty much diminishes your, your vote, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in a second. But it also curtails freedom of speech, and it also uses uh speech against candidates, whereas the Democrats can go out there and say whatever they want without fact about a Republican candidate. So, you know, they can make up whatever they want. There's there's no nothing you can do. I mean, they would have to sue their opponent in court for slander or libel. But of course, in politics, that's kind of, you know, between here and there. Um, federalism, it takes the rights away from the states and it makes the federal government in charge of elections from the president down to the dog catcher. And from the standpoint of um Votes, it pretty much diminishes your vote because if you like what you saw in November 2020, it will go on everywhere. Yeah. They're, ballot, they're, harvesting, ba- ballot harvesting, everything. The, dro- the Zuckerberg drop box, all of it, the, the fraud and everything that happened in, in November 3rd is going to be federalized throughout the country. The, it's going to be the, the law. The good thing it's where over. we're at right now is it still has to get through the Senate. It's going to need a 60 vote, um, a minimum of 60 votes to win. People need to call your senator from whatever state you're in and let them know to vote against it. Um, I don't think it's going to pass in the Senate based on, you know, when you get into the details of what's going to transpire. And, and I'm also looking at a number of Democrats who will vote against it, too. Uh, but this is just horrendous. This is Nancy Pelosi's little bill. She's been trying to get this through for years, mainly because they are so unsure about winning elections, they have to do it through fraud. And this 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 bill is all about election fraud. Yeah, it's really disgusting. So what do you think about the uh, insurrection, the second insurrection on March 4th, the insurrection that didn't happen after the first insurrection that didn't happen? <laughs> you know, where do you even start with this? We watched this build up. We brought in National Guard and everybody was up in arms that this militia unit or whoever uh, was going to attack the Capitol again and do a repeat of January 6th. And what was that about? So was it the original date of inauguration was March 4th, which is why they were saying that, oh, the people are going to come and go crazy on March 4th. They, they really used it as a ruse to yeah. keep the National Guard there and they want to keep this city lockdown, Washington, D.C. lockdown for the whole purpose. This is all about control. This is to create fear in people. This is why you need the Biden regime in charge, because the Trump MAGA movement were insurrectionists. You know, I want to see the intel. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a career intel guy, and they talked all about how they have intel that 
um, militia units were going to be coming into D.C. to attack the Capitol. And, you know, my first reaction was when you find out an enemy is going to do something, if you want to claim them to be an enemy, you go out and you do preemptive strikes on them before they get to their target area. So if you had such good intelligence that militia units were moving to Washington, D.C., why didn't you just send the FBI or Homeland mm-hmm. Security out and do it? It's all BS. Yeah, it really is. And we're in day what of the occupation? Because that's basically what it is, occupation. That's- but my theory, though, Jim, I think they have all that stuff up there. They have the fence because they're afraid afraid of the minions just all of, they they know how terribly they're representing the 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 american people and they're afraid that everybody's waking up trump has stirred everything up so much that a people even the people that hate him the people that hate him as i wrote in my article like a lot of democrats are very angry with biden about what's going on because they voted for him they hated trump so much and it's like they're realizing that it doesn't even matter which party but these so-called representatives just keep screwing them over over and over again and they're not helping them at all, you know? Exactly. And you wrote a really, really, really good article on that that talks about what the Democrats' feelings are. And I'm just uh, of the belief that slowly but surely more and more people are going to come to the realization that this is all for show. Mm-hmm. Nothing is factual. It's it's. Uh, as your last guest talked about, it's a distraction for what's really going on. And people really need to start paying attention to what what the Biden uh, group is doing. And I will never call him administration. I'm not going to call him president. So I will it's use Obama 3.0. Uh, it's, it's Obama 3.0. I'll use whatever it takes to. <laughs> and people don't like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, when you look at the bills that are being put forth, there's going to be an amnesty bill coming. We had H.R. Mm. 1. Uh, all of these are to uh, unravel the Constitution and people's individual personal rights. Couple that with the pandemic and everything else that's going on. This is all about changing the face of America. They want to make it into a real democracy, not a republic, because in a real democracy, majority wins. And if they control the majority, they control everything. Well, it's actually an oligopoly. It's it's yep. a consolidating power into basically a uniparty where we don't matter and we don't have any say. And that's why politics is local. You really need to get involved in your local politics. You're in a very serious point in this country where people need to get involved and know what's going on, like we talked about with Sharon as well. So the border situation, what it's funny how now they're all uh, Comrade Cortez is awfully quiet about Biden's kids in cages because they're not only not kids in they're kids in cages. They're like shipping containers. It's crazy. The left is totally silent on this issue. And he's going to he this is the thing that I think that's really going to hurt him. Because they're letting Corona people go throughout the country. Maybe they really want to just spread the pandemic past past uh, where it is now. But it's just it's despicable that they're so quiet on the the border situation. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, amazing. You know, the U.S. military they make shipping containers into um, military uh, units. You know, we don't use tents very much anymore, but they created that and they. We didn't. We had windows at least where you could open the window. Not that you needed to open it in the Middle East when it's 130 degrees out there, but the ones they have here for kids with bars on the window, and they say they're doing this to protect kids. They're using kids as pawns to be able to get their parents and and bring them in um, as as illegals. And as we talked about during the break, 
prior, you know, they're all going to get a check as well, $1,100 or whatever it is. You know, this this is out of control. It really, really is. You know, Donald Trump had created um, agreements with all the countries involved, and it really helped um, stop the flow of people coming here. Biden made the announcement, okay, the border's open, and that is creating a huge problem for America. The U.S. Border Control Patrol can't even control everything. They don't have enough people to handle what's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like estimated a million a year at least. You know, we have millions of unemployed Americans, and they want, you know, it's it's evidence they hate the country. I mean, that's all you can really say. But hopefully this is just one of the many things that the uh, the junta, it, it undermines him because he's just a total joke. So we have a couple minutes. I want to talk about the, um, you know, obviously he's abandoning, abandoning the Middle East process. Don't want to spend too much time on that. But the... Um, CIA director John Brennan, who's a total psychopath, apologizes for being white. I mean, where are we now that this is what they're doing? You know, this this is they the left thinks that these people are have status and they want to use John Brennan coming out and talking about, you know, he's ashamed to be and embarrassed to be a white person. I mean, really, I'm ashamed that you were the CIA director as a career intelligence officer who worked for the agency for a period as well as the rest of the intel community. I'm totally disgusted by his antics, both during the Trump administration, what he was doing and even going back into long way back. you know, spying on the Senate. I mean, the guy is just just a horrible, horrible person Um, on the Middle East. You know, we all watch Donald Trump create um, multiple peace agreements with numerous countries. And it was moving. It was taking shape. It was getting and Biden has just erased all that. Why? And we talk about this a lot because they want the endless wars. They want us Mm -hmm. to put us back to war in the Middle East. That's what that's all about. And don't let Democrats, you know, I said this before, there's a there was just a stunning interview with uh, David Tafori and Tucker Carlson. They love war. They just prefer it when their own person's doing it. But they lo- Democrats love them some more. Democrats have as many neocons as Republicans do, for sure. Really quickly, though, you know, Biden plans to root out so-called extremists out of the military. It's obviously political. Remember now, they didn't do anything about Hassan, and he killed 13 people. Yeah, this is absolutely disgusting because the military is supposed to represent what our Constitution is, freedom. And we in the military have our own ideas and ideologies that we support, whatever. You know, we can be liberal, we can be conservative, and that's part of being an American. And now they're going to root out. And it's really They're going to call that extremism. They're going to call it extremism. It's really rooting out anybody who supported President Trump because they know how how much support there was by the military um, for Trump. And that's what they're really trying to do yeah we are we need like two or three more hours every week because there's so much going on but you're listening to brooke talks america i'm your host brooke says here with colonel jim and we will be right we will be back next week not right back uh next week to talk about all the issues of the day thanks so much for listening
You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer. 